Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Easter's going to be great, isn't it? Man, can you believe it's just a week away here? And it gives us that opportunity to share about Jesus. So do, let's invite, let's bring people. It, let, let me just make this deal with you. If you weren't able to bring somebody with you last year, how many would commit to bringing somebody with you this year? Nobody was able to bring anybody with them last year. Sorry, trick question there, right? All right. We do have that opportunity, though, before us to take that message, and it's going to be great to be able to do that next week. Hey, I'm Pastor Rob. I want to welcome you here to Fox River. Welcome those who are joining us on our online campus as well as our Muskego and Waterford campus. I am. What follows those two words will give you a great insight into somebody else, won't it? A lot of times it's a name. I am Rob. I am Julie. I am Brenda. I am Mike. Sometimes it tells you what a person does for a living. I'm a teacher. I'm a carpenter. I'm a nurse. Sometimes it even just tells you kind of what mood they're in or what's happening right in life. I'm hungry. Anybody a little hungry right now? It's like just before dinner. Okay. I'm tired. I'm smart. I'm beautiful. When you hear those words, I am. You want to listen carefully to what comes after that. That's why we're talking about the real Jesus. In talking about the real Jesus during this series, what we're doing is we're taking the seven I am statements. Actually, we're just hitting five of them. In the book of John, we've heard that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. Last week, we learned he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today, we're going to find out that Jesus says, I am the vine. Now, how many of you are thinking, what? And you already got thoughts of Tarzan swinging through the jungle right now, right? Or that pesky weed that you keep cutting back so it won't kill off the rest of your plants. You're like, what? I am the vine. What is that supposed to mean? Well, it's not just any vine. It's a very particular vine. And what Jesus was doing, as he often did, he was taking his followers on a journey, you see, what had happened was this. Picture this, if you would, with me. Jesus had his friends together, known as his disciples. And they had just finished up their last supper together. Because they were going to soon leave that rented room that they were in. And Jesus was going to lead them to a place called Gethsemane. Where they'd spend several hours of the night praying. Jesus going back and forth with his heavenly father. Before he'd be arrested, put on trial, and crucified. That's what's going to happen. So they find themselves in an object lesson. And that object lesson is, I am the vine. We find it in the book of John. Let me ask you to grab a Bible, if you would, and join me here. Turn to John chapter 15. If you don't know where John is, just go to the New Testament. It's one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. John chapter 15, we're going to see this I am statement. Now again, imagine this. On their way to that place called Gethsemane, they probably traveled through a vineyard. And so as Jesus did many times, he would create very picturesque object lessons. And I imagine he did it at this time as well. They could see right in front of them, most likely, a grapevine. 
And so Jesus in John chapter 15, verse number 1, he says this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will, so that it will bring even more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. You see that picturesque language that I'm talking about here? Why would Jesus talk about growing grapes in such a way just before his death? Because as oftentimes he would do, he needed to bring pictures to mind that would be sticking in their heads. And then what do you do? He, was, he would attach very important principles to those, to those pictures so that you can be guaranteed that every time these 11 followers walk through that vineyard or any vineyard, these things would come back to mind. I am the vine. Think the large Life-giving trunk. That's what it's talking about there. He says, my father is the gardener. You are the branches, a lot of times the parts that we think of the vine. And I want you to bear fruit. Every time they walked past a grapevine, I'm sure those words would come back to their minds. And they'd be so important because, like I said, there's principles that are attached to those words. There is a very important principle that I wanted to refer to as our bottom line. And that is this. If you want life, life that is fruitful, then stay connected. He needed them to understand this. More than anything else, it's one of the last things that he would share with them. If you want to have life, a life that is fruitful, then stay connected. So what is this fruit? What is fruit that he's talking about? In the Bible, you'll see the word fruit interchange with these types of words. Produce. Sometimes it's used in exchange for another word. Several words, actually. Result, outcome, sometimes fruit of the womb, offspring. But really, that word is used for anything, any good thing that comes as a result of abiding or remaining connected to Jesus. That's fruit. The Bible refers to some fruit as fruit of the Spirit. Listen to these, okay? Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It just puts them out there right in a list. It says, the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, forbearance, or another word that we use more often is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, how many would say, I could use a few more of those today? I could use a little bit more peace. Nobody? I'm the only one struggling right now, okay? 
I could use a little more joy. I could use a lot more joy. I could use some more love. I could use some gentleness. Anybody want a little more kindness in our world? Wouldn't that be great? Now, the whole self-control thing, I'm not sure about that one. Patience one, let's just leave that alone for right now, okay? But it's like, yeah, I could use those things. And God's saying, those are the fruit that I'm talking about. I want you to have those, but they're only going to come if you stay connected to me. We could all use a little more of those. You see, it's any good thing that comes as a result of abiding. And they come sometimes at some strange times even. Let me share with you some joy that I experienced in a very unusual place. Just a couple of weeks ago, I had a friend, actually a friend and his wife, Eric and Sandy. They said, hey, would you mind coming up to hospice to have a conversation with my Aunt Lillian? You know what? I got the message a little late, so I was already a little bit worried about making the phone call. And I called. They said, oh, yeah, she's doing really good. Would you mind coming up? I said, yeah, I'll, I'll come up. How many of you think hospice and you think joy? No, that was probably one of the last things on my mind. How many think hospice and you think peace? No, probably not a lot, right? So I go to the hospice and I get to Lillian's room and she's not there. I'm already getting a little concerned at that point. So I asked the nurse, she goes, oh yeah, her. And I think her nephew's here with her and they're down in the rec room. I'm like, oh, great, okay. Good. So I make my way down to the, to the rec room, and sure enough, I hear Eric's voice. I walk in. He and Lillian are in there. He goes, hey, Pastor Rob, great to see you, and we haven't seen each other probably in a year. And so he's like, let's go up to the room. We can talk a little bit. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. So see how Lillian's doing. She's got a smile on her face. You know, I wasn't expecting any of that. I'm already feeling a little bit of joy creep in to my heart. And we're sitting in there, and she goes, you know, Pastor Rob, she said, I'm not supposed to be here anymore, but I don't know how to die. I'm like, wow, this conversation's going deep really quick. I'm like, well, I don't know if I can help you with that, all right? But what I can help you with is this. Do you know where you're going to be when you die? She said, I, I think so. I said, hey, do you mind if I open up my Bible and just talk to you a little bit, and read a little bit to you. She says, that'd be great. She says, can I get my sister on the phone? I said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So she calls up her sister, and her sister listens on the other end. And where I took her was just a chapter before we just read John chapter 14, one of my favorite chapters. Pastor Guy, he spoke on it last week. It's another one of the I am statements. And I took her there because it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But before it says that, you know what it says? It says, in my Father's house are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you because I want you to be there where I am. You know where I'm going. You know how to get there. And Lily and I had a great conversation. At the end of the conversation, she said, you know what? Eric shared those things with me yesterday, and I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Anybody experience a little joy in that right now, hearing that? Yeah, in a hospice. Yeah, let's just praise God for that. If I didn't have a connection with Jesus, that would have meant nothing, nothing, nothing to me. If I didn't have a connection with Jesus, if I would have been disconnected from Jesus, if Lillian wouldn't have been connected with Jesus, all I would have is sorrow at that point. That's all I'd have. You see, we can have something that's bigger and better 
And it's a fruit that Jesus is talking about that will only come as we are connected to him. And he wants us to be. But what does it require to have a fruitful life? What it requires is two things that we see in this passage. I want to share both of them with you. The first one is this. We need to remain or we need to abide. What that's talking about is the significance of being dependent upon Jesus. Are you dependent upon Jesus? Do you believe that you need him in your life? Do you need to be connected to him? You know, we're sitting in church. We better shake our heads, right? Yeah. But we know better than that. Because sometimes we don't think that we need him. But we do. And we need to remain in him. This is what John 15, 5 says. He says this. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. And it's not God that's deciding whether we're remaining. Do you know who's deciding whether we're remaining? We are. We decide whether we will be dependent upon Jesus. We're the ones who need to be intentional with that decision because it is so, so very important. You see, God created us for relationship with him. And it comes through his son, the real Jesus. Jesus could bear fruit without us. He doesn't need us. But he chose to bear fruit through us by telling us Jesus is the vine, the true grapevine. We are the branches And it's through those branches being connected to that vine that we get to bear fruit. We get to bear fruit. But we won't unless we remain in him, if we stay in him. You see, that is so, so very important. But sometimes we kind of downplay the importance of it. Meaning if you're not attached, you will not bear fruit. You will not. And so we have to learn this lesson. I had to learn this lesson Sad to say, a couple of different times, practically. You see, my dad, he liked a big garden. And so part of our job as kids was what do you suppose with that garden? To weed it. Anybody else have to do that? Okay. We're not talking grapes here. We're talking something that people debate, whether it's a fruit or a vegetable. So let's take a quick poll. How many say this is a fruit right here? Not too many, okay? You don't believe Google, I guess, right? Okay, how many would say this is a vegetable? Tastes more like a vegetable than a fruit. I would agree, okay? It's one of my favorites, though. So my job was to weed a portion of the garden. And I hated it. I hated it. And so I tried to be as efficient and as effective at the same time as I possibly could. And so I learned to use a hoe. Anybody else learn to use a hoe? All right, and I got pretty good at it. I got so good at it that I got overconfident. And I got too close to the tomato plant. And yes, I took its life. But I didn't believe that I had taken its life. Because you know what my first response was? All you have to do is put a little dirt around it, right? I mean, take the part that's hanging there, you know, and just... Put it in the dirt, mound the dirt up around it, pour a little water on it, and it'll grow some new roots, right? All good. But what I learned is this. If you lose the connection, you will not have any fruit. You see, where the branch is connected to the vine gives life. And if you disconnect it, there's no life. And there's no more fruit. And so what Jesus is giving is a great principle here. 
that we can't treat him as if we don't need him because we need him more than we realize because he's the one who gives us breath. He's the one who gives us life. He's the one who gives us a fulfilling life. He's going to be the one who gives us a fruitful life because remember, if you want life, the life that is fruitful, then stay connected. You have to stay connected to the vine. And the vine is who? Say it with me, the easiest answer in church that you'll ever find. And the vine is who? Jesus. Stay connected to Jesus. Do everything you possibly can to stay connected to Jesus. Because though Jesus could bear fruit without us, we cannot. We cannot bear fruit without him. We're dependent on him. You see, me trying to produce fruit from abiding or not abiding in Christ, it's tiring. And at best, it's superficial. And everyone wants the real deal. You want the real fruit. Reminds me of time just, again, a few weeks ago. Some of the guys and I went out to lunch with one of our newest staff members, Justin. And we sat at the restaurant. And this restaurant has killer food, man. And we're there. And I don't remember what Justin ordered. But he had a choice to make, as the waitress kindly said, would you like the homemade tortillas or the non-homemade tortillas? And I thought, is that even a question? you got to be kidding me, right? I didn't say that to her. I wasn't that rude. But that's all I could think of. And Justin, I think, agreed with me, so he went with the homemade tortillas. We want the real stuff, Right? Can you imagine if somebody says to you, would you like the real grapes, like the real deal, or would you like the nice, pretty plastic ones? Which one would you like? They look pretty, don't they? In fact, there will be a time when these look better than these. But right now, take my word for it, these will taste much, much better than these right here. Yes, these will last you a while, but they will not taste good. So what are we saying? He's saying, do you want love that is unconditional? Or do you want love that's transactional? If you treat me the way that I want you to treat me, and if you do the things for me that I want, then I will love you back. Or I will love you at all costs, till death do us part, even. For some of us, do you want the peace and joy that surpasses understanding that you can find in a hospice room? Or do you want peace and joy that comes and goes with all the circumstances of life? It's a no-brainer, isn't it? How many are thinking, is that even a question? Well, when it comes to the connection, it is. Because only this, the real deal, comes from a real connection. You can try to produce fruit without Jesus and you're going to get tired. And you're going to see that it doesn't last. And you're going to wonder why in the world you sold your life to it. When God all along has been saying, abide, 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 remain in me so that you will produce fruit because that is what you will do. If there's any question about it, Jesus gets very dogmatic. And when he gets dogmatic, it gets a little uncomfortable, doesn't it? 
Did you notice in verse 5, he makes this very bold statement. Without me, you can do. Did anybody catch it the first time we went through it? What is that word? Nothing. Would you say it with me? Without me, you can do nothing. Anybody a little bit afraid to say that? Let's personalize it a little bit. Without Jesus, I can do what? Nothing. Say it with me. Without Jesus, I can do nothing. That should shake us to the core. But instead, some of us are debating him right now. Be honest. You got a debate going on in your head? I'm not that bad. There's a lot of stuff I can do without Jesus. Look at me right now. I can go to church without Jesus even. Yeah, you can. You can be a pretty moral person without Jesus, according to our standards, at least. But you can't bear real fruit without Jesus. You can, you can bear all the fake fruit you want. But that's not what we want, is it? Because we want a life that's fruitful, not fruitless. And so he lays it all on the line, saying, without me, you can do nothing because we're dependent upon him. But instead we say, I've got this. And if we find ourselves saying, we've got this, if we find ourselves in that place where we don't think we need Jesus, that's when we need him the most. You can make improvements to your life. Yes, you can. You can be a halfway decent person. Yes, you can. But you cannot bear the fruit that he's talking about here. So, here's the question. What are you doing to remain connected? You see, the vine and the branch, that connection is of great importance. And you need to guard it. And you need to fight for it. And you need to make sure it's happening. So how are you staying connected to Jesus? I'm going to ask a tough question right now. Are you reading your Bible every day? Come on, pastor. Only pastors do that. And some of them don't even do that. You're right. How are you going to stay connected? Are you having a conversation with him every day? Come on, isn't that overkill? Isn't once a year enough? I don't know, is it? What are you doing to stay connected? You ever notice grapes grow in bunches, don't they? Do you know one of the best ways to stay connected is to hang around people who are unafraid to talk about Jesus. If the only people in your life are people who will not have a conversation with you about Jesus, you need those people in your life, but you need someone who will talk with you about Jesus. That's why you hear us talk about the importance of, of friendships and developing friendships by being in a group where you have a conversation about Jesus unashamedly, even with someone who will tolerate your questions and not just tolerate them, but will embrace them and say, yeah, bring those questions. Bring them because they understand that that's the way you're going to grow. But what are you doing? You say, well, I'm going to church. Good, good. Keep it up. Sorry, we don't have it every day, okay? But you need to be connecting every single day, every day, to connect with the real Jesus. Remaining in Christ produces much fruit, he tells us. 
there's something also that will produce even more fruit, believe it or not. Not only is abiding required for a fruitful life, but pruning is also required. Now, how many are thinking, I don't like that word? That sounds painful, doesn't it? Ouch! What is this pruning thing you're talking about here? He says it's necessary. It's necessary for you to go from bearing fruit to bearing even more fruit. You see, in verse number two, he tells us this. It says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. But that's not the part that he prunes. Listen to what he prunes. And he prunes the branches that what? That do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. Now, some of you are like, what? No way. That's confusing. That brings questions. You ever have those questions? What's up, God? I thought I was doing what I'm supposed to do. And so you have this question, why this? Why now? And he's saying, I'm just, I'm just doing a little pruning. I'm pruning. Why? So that you can bear more fruit. You see, to prune means to thin, to make room, and we need it. Otherwise, we get overcrowded. There's a man, he and his family bought a new house. And when they first saw that house, one of the things that lit this guy up was this. He saw right on the fence that was dividing the lot lines between him and his neighbor was this beautiful, beautiful grapevine all the way down that fence. And he thought, man, I hope because it's on the lot line that we get to share the grapes from that vine. So they move into the house. Before he can have a conversation with his new neighbor and even exchange name, he is horrified to look out the back window to see his neighbor cutting and cutting and cutting some branches with full leaves on them and cutting and cutting. And so he goes out and he says to his neighbor with this question, honest question, he says, so you don't like grapes? To which his neighbor looked at him and says, so you don't know anything about grapes? <laughs> He's like, I know this. I really like them. And I was looking forward to the, what those grapes were going to produce, and I was hoping that we'd be able to share them. He said, we're going to produce. He says, you got a choice to make. We both have a choice to make. Do you want a fence line full of green, beautiful leaves? Or luscious, plump, juicy, the best you've ever had grapes because you can't have both. You can't have both. Puts a new perspective on it, doesn't it? You see, God's saying, you're going to have to go through some pruning. You're going to. And at times, it's going to hurt. And at times... The pruning's not going to work. There we go. Get the dead stuff, right? And you're going to ask why. And you're going to question me. And you're going to wonder why. And you're going to wonder what's going on, God. Why is this happening? And he's saying, because I want you to bear much fruit. I want you to bear more fruit is what I want for you. And so you have to ask, what is God pruning from your life? Are you too busy for him? Are you too busy, as I mentioned before, to read your Bible? 
Are you too busy to pray? Are you too busy to connect with God? Are you too busy even to connect maybe with your own family? And God's been trying to prune and prune. And you're not realizing he's just trying to make more room there. He wants to make more room for growth. Sometimes it can feel like punishment. It's never punishment. If you're being punished, you'll know it. We're not talking punishment. We're talking about when you are seeing fruit in your life and God's trying to produce more fruit. It's not discipline we're talking about. He will discipline though. He wants to prune so that you will bear the most fruit that you possibly can. But what is it that he's trying to prune from your life? Pruning takes place, as I mentioned, even when we're bearing fruit. You see, good fruit is dependent on healthy branches. That's us. And healthy branches come as a result of being connected to the vine and being pruned. And that's God's part. And God's going to keep tending our lives so that we bear much fruit. That involves pruning for the sake of producing more. Because fruit bearing is promised. And so if you see no fruit in your life, the first question you need to ask is, are you connected? Are you even abiding? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because those who abide will produce much fruit. And those who are pruned will produce even more fruit. God wants from me a fruitful harvest. And he says, why? To bring glory to the Father. That's why. And so God desires for us to go from no fruit to much fruit, to even more fruit, believe it or not. How do we do that? It starts with abiding. You may be here and you've never trusted Jesus Christ to be your savior. That is your starting point. That's when that connection begins. That's where it begins. And you need a relationship with Jesus. And so in just a little while, we're gonna pray. And I'm gonna encourage you, if you've never trusted Christ, you can do so right here and right now. Because you need him. Probably more than you ever realized even. And he wants a relationship with you. As I shared with Lillian, and as Eric shared with her, even before I got the opportunity to. He wants relationship with us. If you're a Christ follower already, You shouldn't be wondering if you want to be connected. But you might be wondering, what are you doing, God? And why is there this pruning going on? Or you might be wondering, how can I be more connected? And that is the question he wants you to have an answer to. And maybe making a commitment to reconnecting, to spending time with him, to knowing him, or maybe to be able to ask him for the strength so that as you go through the pruning that there will be fruit on the other side of that. But as we pray, and if you're a Christ follower, and you're committing to say, God, I want to bear more fruit, then would you let him know that? And if there's something that you know or maybe you don't know yet that God's been trying to pull out of your hands as he's trying to prune, and you're not willing to let go, and you know you need to let go of it, would you? Would you let him know that? Would you pray with me? With heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not connected. I don't know Jesus. Like I said, you can. You can right now. You can be connected to the vine. He says, I am the vine. 
If you'll abide in me, you will bear fruit. If you'd like to receive Jesus and trust him as your savior, would you just let him know that right now? Maybe pray something similar to this. Dear God, I need you. I need Jesus. I'm trusting right now that Jesus is the vine and he's the one that gives life. And the way he did that was by coming to this earth. I believe that. I believe that he went to the cross to give up his life. I believe that. And I believe that he did it so that I could be saved, that my sins could be forgiven. So I'm asking you for that life right here and right now and for that gift of salvation as I repent of my sin and I turn to you. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if there's anyone here, you'd say, that's me, Pastor. I'm connecting to the vine right here, right now. I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. Anyone in the room, if you just raise your hand right now, just indicate that to me. Okay? All right? If you're here and you're a believer and you say, you know what? There's something that God's doing. I know it. And I want to submit myself to him. Even if it's pruning, I want to submit myself to him because I'm better with him than without him. You'd say, that's me, Pastor. Just raise your hand saying, that's me. Would you pray for me? Okay. All right. Lord God, we thank you that you're the vine. We don't do this by ourselves. And it's so important for us to know that. But God, that connection needs to remain strong. So I pray for each one, Lord, that has decided to strengthen that connection even at the cost of pruning, even at the cost of letting something go that they might be tightly holding on to, God, I pray right now that you'd give them the strength to do that. We thank you, Jesus, for being our God and our Lord. Praise things in Christ's name. And all God's people said, amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.